Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. So as we promised you, um, you're going to hear from different parts of our team. The only one you'll get to hear from this month is Pastor Kristen Kennedy, and hopefully she'll be with us at some point in the future on a Sunday morning. <clears throat> but um, I'm really aware, you know, this is a, this is youth conference weekend, and and I'm, I've been, you know, kind of aware in my heart the last uh, few months. You know, I got to introduce Pastor Chris back in August and just kind of tell you how special he is. Well, you know, a lot of people that have come into our church the last few years when they meet Pastor Tristan Kennedy and find out he's my son-in-law, they think it's like a nepotism thing and like he's, he's my youth pastor because he's my son-in-law. Like we just kind of threw him a bone. You don't understand, and I'm going to tell a little bit of the story and then he's going to come preach, okay? I want you to listen to me. So many years ago, in fact, nearly 25 years ago, this 14-year-old kid, I was preaching about the, the call of God on a Sunday morning, and this, as soon as I was done preaching, this young man was sitting over here, came up to me, 14, 14 years old, and he stuck out his hand. He said, I'm Tristan Kennedy, and I believe I'm called to ministry. And I said, well, Tristan Kennedy, you're in the right place. And I just loved his spirit from the moment he came in, and he didn't come in with, I'm going to be a pastor, so everybody needs to serve me. He came in with a servant's heart and began to do every job, every grunt work, piece of, you know, everything in this church. This guy has cleaned the toilets. He has worked his way in. He's worked his way up. In his youth group, he came and his family lived in North Marion. They lived out in Anthony. And he, because he played on the baseball team at North Marion High School, and uh, that's one of the furthest high schools from our church in this county, by the way. He single-handedly brought in over 20 or 25 young people from North Marion High School on a regular basis that blew our youth group up in great size and great strength. And we said, look at the hand of God on this young man. By the time he was 17, I began to have him drive me or go with me to some places in Florida if I was preaching in Gainesville or the place we were on television back then, and so we were we were known in the part me in the in the region, and so he began to uh, I just assist me, and I just began to pour into him, disciple him, raise him up. Then he then by the time listen, even at sixteen, he started raising his own money to go on every missions trip that came along every year, even though his family they didn't have a lot. But they, they, were, they just said, you, if you want to do this, you're going you're gonna to have to work for it. And this young guy went out there starting at 16 and started going with us to the nations. I don't know how many nations he's been to now, but he's been around the world. And then this one particular moment, we were in Brasilia, Brazil, the capital of Brazil. Missions trip was probably 20, 25 people. And we were finally staying in a decent hotel. We'd been in a lot of flea bags. And finally, we were in a really nice hotel. And this one night, we all got dressed up to go to church. And we all, you know, we always take group photos. And at 19 years old, he came to me and said, Pastor Richard, can I, can I ask a favor? I said, sure. He said, you know, 
Let's take all these pictures with the whole team. Can just you and I take a picture together? I said, sure. And as I put my arm around him, I had this thought. This guy might be your son-in-law one day. And it just, it just, it just went right through me. I don't know, are they showing any pictures yet? Oh, just show those pictures behind me. I don't know. I don't even know what they are, but we have pictures of him. There he was in the band. He wanted to play the drums here, and he's played the drums here ever since. I mean, that's, this, this guy just has a heart for people, heart for the nations, and a heart for this house. And so for those of you that don't know him, and you think, uh, well, you know, that's the, that's the pastor's son-in-law. No, 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 no. I get to be his father-in-law. Uh, right before they finally got together, I was feeling it so strong like they were going to get together, but I had to keep my hands off. I had to let God be God, and I got reminders from the Holy Spirit and my wife. Do not mess this up. And so in the right timing, I just thought it was great. Tristan and Kristen. Rhyming names. I was worried they were going to name their kids Piston. But anyway, with Tristan and Kristen, it just, it's been a, a part of the thrill of my life. I'd like you to give honor where honor is due. Would you stand up on your feet and give a great now church welcome to Pastor Tristan Kennedy, mighty man of God, and my son-in-law. Thank you, thank you. Please have a seat. Man. Well, thank you, everybody. Goodbye. My gosh, that is, man, overwhelming in in the best possible way. Um, Thank you, Dad. Thank you, Mom. Pastor Richard, Pastor Gil, for those of you that don't catch that, that's... (laughs) Um, I want to first start and just say this past weekend for my wife and I and our team, we were so thrilled at Now Youth Weekend and the response of our young people, their heart for God. This is something that we've been praying for. It got postponed because of the, the hurricane that never came. And on our side, thank God. And I'm just telling you, God moved. And we were just so thrilled. We were blown away. Uh, Friday night, we come in here. The entire praise and worship team took their time, hours to come in away from their families to to pour into our young people. We were just so thrilled. Pastor Lindsay gave an incredible message. Uh, the young people, they love Pastor Lindsay. We all love Pastor Lindsay. And just the way he connects with them and, and, and all of our pastors, and not just Pastor Lindsay, but we just really felt to ask him and for, for him to bring his whole team in and just break down walls. Our young people, they were in tears in the presence of God. And I don't know which... I can't express to you enough or talk about this enough, but I'm just saying my wife and I, we were in tears seeing God move on the next generation because this is something, listen, post-COVID, we've been rebuilding and rebuilding and rebuilding and waiting for moments for, for our young people to get their own burning bush experience. I mean, that moment with God where God becomes real to them, not your faith or, or their grandparents' faith, but their faith becomes real and their relationship with God becomes their own. And we are just so thrilled as, uh, as to see what God is doing and what he's 
continuing to do. This is a moment, but it's going to continue, and God's going to continue to build on this. So can you just give it up for our team, for the young people, for, for the praise and worship team, Pastor Lindsay? Thank you, and thank you, Pastor Richard and Pastor Gil, for believing in the next generation. Ever since I've, I started coming here, like Pastor Richard said, when I was 14 years old, They've always, always, always believed in the next generation. Never been a doubt and a question. And to be here is just amazing. Uh, just to give a re quick recap about the secret sauce, Pastor Richard preached on rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. There you go. Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Powerful thought uh, the first week. Then Pastor Lindsay threw us all off and talked about risk assessment. We're like, what? And uh, he talked about his hot sauce moment, and why that changed his life forever. And then Pastor Gail so wonderfully talked about and preached and gave a great testimony about remembering all that God has done. And just so powerful. Um, my secret sauce is actually a trifecta. Uh, it's a winning combination of three different things. Uh, and so... The first, the first one is about having vision. I think having vision is very, very important, and I'm going to explain what that means. Jeremiah 29, 11, many of the people know this, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you future and hope. And listen, this is a powerful scripture. I love it. But in context, this scripture actually comes out of a moment where the children of Israel are being captured beaten, taken away from their homes, their livelihood, their families, and taken into captivity. And you think, why in the world is God putting a scripture, a thought like this in the midst of one of the worst times in people's lives? And you think, man, this is such a beautiful, beautiful scripture. It's so wonderfully said, and we say it all the time. But then when you look at the full story, I started thinking about this as I was putting the message together. This is God speaking through a prophet, Jeremiah, as the people are being taken away. And even though God's people, they had forgotten about him, even though God had told them, listen, don't put your idols away. Don't ignore me. Listen, turn back to God over and over again. And guess what? The people were hard-headed. They didn't listen. They just kept doing what they were doing, worshiping their dumb idols. Oh, this table's so beautiful. Look what you did for me. It's like... They did, it just, just didn't, they, they threw common sense out the window. It made no sense, okay? So God gave them many opportunities to come back. Even in the midst of all that, God gave them a vision. In their captivity, God spoke a vision to them. I want you to catch this. Their circumstances were not ideal. They weren't beautiful. But yet, in the midst of them being Forced away from their homes, God is speaking and giving you vision. Why? In those 70 years, he's saying, look, you have something to look forward to. Don't worry. This is not forever. This is not your forever place. I'm taking you somewhere. I want you to see it. Look, look ahead. Look where you're going. I'm showing you. This isn't forever. I'm taking you. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you a future. Er, a future. But God, I'm being taken away. Yes, this is right now. Because you disobeyed me. I've, I've got to do this because you weren't listening. But listen, this isn't forever. I've got a future for you. 
Maybe that's a word for somebody here because you feel where you're at right now is it feels like forever. You're locked. You're you're you feel like you're stuck. You feel like this is going to be forever. I, I've got a word for you. And it comes from Jeremiah, Jeremiah 29, 11 in one of the most interesting spots in the Bible that God has a future and he has a plan and he has a hope for each and every one of you. No matter how dark it looks, no matter what you're going through, no matter how. How hopeless it seems. You have a word to stand on. And it's your choice to look at that or to look at your circumstances. So no matter what the circumstances are, I'm just telling you, they have this vision this, in this hope. Ephesians 3.20, out of the, the passion, I love this. It says this, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. Your most unbelievable dream exceeds your wildest imagination. Man, that's so good. He is going to outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're already here. Holy Spirit, come and move in this place. Thank you for this opportunity to bring the word this morning of the secret sauce that you've given me. Lord, as I preach and speak, we'll let your name be glorified in everything we do. Lord, let the hearts of these amazing people who are in this room and watching by live stream, let it touch them in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask, think, and imagine. But yet sometimes we can't believe that. We can't understand that. But I'm just telling you, having a vision, God gives you vision for a purpose and for a reason. Because sometimes what... Where you're at now doesn't match up to where God's calling you to go and to be. And I'm going to talk about that for a second. When I was younger, I felt God really speak to me. And this is why at 14, I came, I told Pastor Richard that I was called to ministry. And this is why. When I was 14, I felt God clearly speak to me. I was at this, um, this youth group. I was in church and God spoke to me. I was in church and God spoke to me. I wasn't out partying and God spoke. I was at church. I was, parents, please listen. I was at church and God spoke to me. So get your kids to church so God can speak to them. That's my point. I'm not just saying that as a youth pastor. I'm saying that because that's where God gave me my start. Was when I was at church because I was pursuing him. I was going after him. So I was, uh, I was there. The, the pastor was speaking something on um, on vision, on God having a plan for you, something like that. And, and the, the youth pastor there, he was, he was a trip and a half, a guy from Texas, big old beard, country, you know, kind of swagger. He didn't have his hat, though. It didn't, you know, fully fit. But anyways, but he was preaching, and it just, something, it was like a magnet just, like, grabbed me and pulled me up front. Because he said, if you want to know what God has called you to do, just come up and ask him. So our church had these pews. And I, I just remember sitting and putting my elbows in the pew and being like, God, what do you have for me? What do you want me to do for my life? And I just waited. I didn't have, I wasn't spirit filled. I just, I knew Jesus because I got saved every week. But that was about it. To be honest, I mean, there was nothing more. It's like, hey, you're going to go to hell. God, you know, God wants you to repent. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I, I, I stole that cookie from the jar, you know, whatever. And it was just like I was finding stuff to repent for that wasn't even a big deal because that's all I knew. But I put my elbows in the pew and I, I prayed and I said, God, please forgive me. And I, no, sorry, that was the week before. No, 
But I prayed, God, what do you have for me? And I heard this audible voice. And there was three words that God spoke to me. And it was preach, preach, preach. And it was this voice that came. It was audible. It shook me. And I remember, okay, I know what I'm called to do. God wants me to preach. And that didn't mean I just stopped everything. Hey, everyone, I'm called to preach. Scoot over. Here I come. No, it was a process and a journey. So I was in church. God spoke to me, and it changed my life forever. Preach, preach, preach. And during that time, it became so evident and so real to me that I, was, I would just express it to different ones, different even people in the church, and tell them about it. And when I was sharing it, there was this family that we were pretty close to that saw the call of God on my life, and, and they gave me this poem uh, that I want to share with you real quick. Um, and this poem is literally called uh, God's Call. So when, even as Pastor Richard was talking about being called, it just, this was something that really spoke to me. So this is uh, something f- written by someone I, I don't know, but, uh, but this is something that I held on to ever since I was probably about 12 years old, and I still have it today. This is what it says. A call is a growing insight into a need. It's a concern that something needs to be done and to be done right. A call is a nagging irritation that my life and my experience and my talent would be more valuable to God in the area of service than I'm able to dismiss from my thinking. A call is a divine wooing that is inexpressibly, excuse me, real. It's revealed in uh, comments or friends, phrases, books, impressions of situations, verses of song, and in prayer. A call is an awakening, an interest, a new delight, a quest for fulfillment, a promise of gratification. A call is a tingling sensation when visioning myself engaged in something that I love and I long to do. A call is an assurance that this feels right. It's a certainty that the future belongs to God and that he will work out the yet unknown details. A call is a calm. It's a promise of hope, a promise of security, a promise of life with a value. A call is a challenge. To those who are called, a call is God's highest compliment. The only thing equal to it is the humble, surrendered yes of those who recognize and accept its challenge with joy. This scripture, amen, this scripture, I mean, sorry, this poem just, it, it, changed, it helped define me in this moment of I didn't know what that meant to preach, preach, preach. But all I knew is that God would work out the details and that he would show me how to get there. And so whenever... Whenever I would think of this poem, it just spoke to me and it helped me because this is so true. And I'm not just talking about preaching. For you, God has called each and every one of us to do things. And sometimes you feel out of place, out of rhythm. It's because maybe God is trying to get you to do something else and you haven't fit right because he's put gifts and talents and abilities in all of us. And he's wanting you to find that place to where you can make that impact for his glory because he's created you and made you for a reason. So... In, in about 10th grade, everyone okay back there? In about 10th grade, uh, I just had this, I started coming to this church, and it opened up my eyes because I went from being saved every week to being, having a relationship with Jesus, getting spirit-filled. I stood right here when Pastor Richard just, he barely touched me, and the Spirit of God filled my life, and I was changed. I, I, I had played baseball ever since T-ball all the way through my ninth grade year of, of high school at North Marion High, but 10th grade, something changed. And what I did is I 
quit baseball because it was taking up too much of my time because I found what I was called to do. I found my place. And I, I started serving here, like you were saying. I, I did whatever I could whenever I could. I was here a lot of times before anyone would get here, and then I would be here when a lot of times when people were gone, just to, just to be around the presence of God and, and the things of God. And it was just amazing. I love it. And so I would just serve, and I would just come in and do uh, maybe what other people didn't want to do. But I didn't care. I did, I've done nursery. Sometimes I still do nursery. I help in preschool. I help in elementary. I've, I learned the drums and, 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 and did that. I helped with pastoral assistance. I helped with ushering. I helped media not so much. Um, maybe messed it up a little bit more than helped. Uh, but different areas. I, we used to have this sign out front that the letters needed to be uh, switched out. And so I would come after school and I would use this big long pole to switch out the signs and be winning the letters going 441 and it was crazy but I would come in we would clean and all this stuff because I wanted to be part of the house of God I knew I was called to ministry and ministries and just hey I'm up here so it's a lot of times it's the stuff people don't even see or realize or recognize so when I came and I told Pastor Richard hey I want to I want to be in ministry I want to preach and now I'd love to I, I played the drums and he said something like, you know what he told you earlier, that's great, you're in the right place. And I, I feel like he said something like this, just keep coming, just keep showing up. Because I got to tell you, on this side of things of leadership, it makes so much sense. Because a lot of times people will say one thing and then do a complete other. But when you just show up consistently, it speaks volumes to people that I'm, I told you I'm here, I'm here. What do you need me to do? Sure, I got it. I, you want that done? I got it. So that's the thing, it's this this mentality this attitude of whatever needs to be done um having god's vision for your life is so powerful it's the one thing it's one thing to have an experience it's another to commit to stand firm and, and commitment is a taboo word in 2022 for whatever reason but commitment is not a scary thing commitment is a god thing and having commitment saying you're going to be somewhere doing what you say you're going to do and, and being committed to the relationship, number one, with God, first and foremost, being in his house is the most important. Psalm 69.9. I love this. Passion for his house consumes me. Passion for his house consumes me. Along with what uh, Pastor Chris was saying with Romans 12.11. I mean, this goes right along with that today. So when God spoke, preach, 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 at that moment, that defined me. That gave me identity. That gave me purpose. That gave me, this is why I'm here. This is what God has called me to do. So it, it defined me. And when God gives you a vision, a word, a promise, can I just tell you, go after it. You have to have, Pastor Richards talked about a Caleb before where he had this dog-like faith. It's time, it's time to, to be a, a strong, tough outgoing dog to go after all that God has has for you because guess what there's an enemy who doesn't want you to get what God has called you to do there's going to be so much stuff that is going to try to pull you back to remind you of who you used to be where God is trying to call you to where you're going and I'm telling you there's going to be this tug of war but you have to have this faith that says I'm not going to stop until I get my promise of what God has called me to do there has to be this drive, this passion, because the enemy doesn't want you to get everything God has for you. 
But you have to stand firm in your faith and say, no, this is what he's called me to do. And I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to settle until I get it. Because you're not going to be satisfied until you do. So don't stop. Have that doggedness. And also just know that God doesn't work in leaps. He doesn't take you from here and like throw you over there. It's one step in front of the other. It's one step in front of the other. It's not this marathon. I mean, sorry, it is a marathon. It's, it's not like this sprint. It's just one. What do I do next? I'll pray. Okay. What do I do? Read my Bible. What do I just show up in church? Okay. What do I do? Just worship God. What do I do? And it's building that relationship with God. And it's him opening the right doors, closing the wrong. I'm just telling you, it's one step in front of the other. It's not that big of a, like, oh, it's, that's the, the magnitude of, no, it's simple. It's simple. Simple things. Can I say a vision keeps you on track? Um, when I went to North Marion, it was like a lot of public schools, unfortunately. And I walk in to go to the bathroom one day. It's me, and there's another guy in there. And guess what the other guy was doing? Smoking a joint. He's getting high in the bathroom. And uh, when I walked in there, I saw what he was doing. He's out in the open. It's like he was trying to hide it. And he's getting high, and he's like, hey, man, what's up? I'm like, hey, I'm here to go pee. And... Uh, <laughs> He's like, okay. He's like, hey, man, you want some? And in that moment, I thought, man, I could do this. Like, I've never, I'd never tried drugs. And I was like, yeah, I could try it just to see what the big deal is. Take a hit. And be like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's fun. Or, you know what I said? I said, no, I'm good. Thanks. You know why? Because I had a vision. God had spoken to me. And he said, listen, I've got stuff for you. And th- don't worry about what's going on here. Don't worry about these sideshow distractions. And I'm just telling you, it kept me focused. It's like I felt like a, the best way I can describe it is like a football player who has the football and he's running. He has a goal. He's running towards the end zone. He sees the end zone. That's his mission. And it's like when God gives you that, that word, that thought, whatever it might be, that, that, that drive, that call, it gives you focus. It keeps you from... Doing stuff that's wasting your time. It gives you this drive, this purpose. This is where I'm going. Listen, no offense to you, but I'm going somewhere. And can I tell you when, I remember I told the the young people, this keeps you out of trouble too, by the way. Having a vision, having your kids have a vision of where they're going, what they're doing, keeps them out of prayer. Um, I mean, keeps them out of trouble. Sorry. (laughs) Keeps them in prayer, out of trouble. Um, But... I remember one day, is probably towards the end of my 10th grade year, I was driving to the, um, maybe it was my 11th grade year, really. I drove up in, into the, uh, the school, and I remember just getting out one day in my truck. I remember, like, it was, it was beautiful Florida, uh, Florida day, and I just said to myself, I took a nice big whiff of the cow patties uh, from Cow Patty High, and I said to myself, you know what, I don't care what other people think about me. And I just had this moment where I wanted, to, I cared more about what God said and, and thought about me than anyone else. I, I genuinely did. And when I started walking into that school that day, there was a change where people noticed there was a confidence, a Godfidence really about me. And then that's like Pastor Lindsay, when he shared, he talked about how people would just come up to him and start asking him about God and all these things. I literally would be eating my frozen pizza, you know, from, uh, from pizza day at school, and I would have like two or three people sit across from me and start asking me, hey, 
I need prayer for this. Or listen, I, I have this question about this, this scripture here. Can you tell me? I'm like, who are you talking? Like, what? And then it was because they saw that I was serious about the things of God. And I wasn't just someone who talked about it, but I walked the walk that I talked. And it wasn't just, and I wasn't going around carrying my Bible. Hey, I'm a Christian. It was because of how I lived. It was something on the inside God was doing. And what I was doing in my, privately, worshiping God, going after him, it came out publicly. And people, I didn't have to say anything. It just comes out. And so I remember one time I walked in the locker room. These guys were, were messing around and they were cussing. And they saw me, oh, sorry, man, sorry, we didn't mean to cuss around you. I'm like, I didn't say you didn't have to cuss around me. But they respected what I carried because they knew what I carried was something that they didn't have, but they wanted it. So I'm telling you, when you carry the presence of God, people see that. They notice that. Vision changes you and impacts you. Um, okay, my second one, and I'm, I'm wrapping up here. i got a few minutes left. But my first one is vision, having vision. Number, number two is being teachable. Mark 4.25 says, and this is how the Amplified, for whoever has a teachable heart, to him more understanding will be given. And whoever does not have a yearning for truth, even what he has will be taken away from him. I love Psalms 145.4, one generation shall praise its works to another and declare your mighty acts. Um, I've really learned and continue to learn and do my best to continue to pull from those who have gone before me. I remember coming into this church and actually I remember specifically a couple of different moments, but I was, we were doing a youth night and, and Pastor Richard was speaking that night and I was one of the youth leaders helping out. And when I was back there, I was just in this moment, this time where I was really struggling, trying to figure things out with God because God, I felt like he was super close to me, and I just felt his presence every time I would open my Bible or pray. And then there's this moment where I felt God was distant, and I just, no matter what I did, it wasn't, it didn't feel the same. I remember he gave me such a simple, profound thought, and he said, don't stop pursuing him. It's just that, don't stop pursuing him. Almost like he had been here before, and he's telling me, listen, man, it's going to be okay. Just don't stop pursuing God. And can I tell you, that word changed my life because I haven't stopped pursuing him since. And there are moments when God feels, feels super close. But the Bible even talks about how God will literally back away just to see what we do. So it's not about getting all the tingles and all this. Sometimes God wants us to pursue him because he's God. I'm just telling you, when he gave me that word, it was amazing. I remember sitting on the steps right here. Pastor Lindsay and I would have these conversations about life, about my wife, <laughs> about drums. But before I even played, he would check on me and ask me, hey, how's your spirit? How are you growing in the in things of God? And, and I would just be, and I'd ask these questions and I'd pull and he goes, man, you're like a sponge. And I would literally just pull it in, take it in with all that I had. I remember Pastor Gail would, she, there would be these times when she would pray for me. Or she would give me these cards that spoke life to me, these scriptures. And it would encourage me like never before. Because there was these things that she would find that I never knew were even in the Bible. And it was just these moments of, of, of even being in the back and serving. And she would have these conversations with me that would help shape who I am becoming. 
Pastor Chris, I remember different times of just working around the church with him, him joking around, realizing how the other side of things, some of the pranks that he would pull and, and some of the conversations, the God conversations we would have even about his children or about the youth ministry and how his, he has such a heart for the next generation and, and just and things that he would say that would help me get a better understanding of God and ministry. I'm just telling you, learning from those who have gone before you. And, I'm, and, I, and, and listen, we all have people who have gone before us. And some people who have gone before us still don't know necessarily things that you want to follow. Because I was talking with someone the other day who had been, in, uh, had been doing something for like 30 years, but that doesn't mean that they were a professional. I'm talking about people where their lives are fruitful and their lives speak and their lives are doing something. And so these pastors and these elders over here, my wife and I, we pull from them. We learn from them because the things that they have learned and ahead of us have been life-changing. And we, we want to glean, we want to pull, so we can continue on the legacy of what God's doing. So I'm telling you, being, having that teachable, teachable heart, having that teachable spirit, it's a choice. Sometimes it's not easy. But I'm telling you, it's a choice. Number three is watching my diet. Watching my diet. Okay, number one is vision. My vision, number two, is being teachable. Number three is watching my diet. Anyone who knows me knows that I love me some ice cream. Right? I love ice cream. Ice cream is uh, chocolate trinity from Publix. Just forget it. It's just incredibly good. I'm just, okay. But I'm not talking about ice cream. I'm talking about having a steady diet of the word and how it affects your life, especially your mind. My life scripture comes out of Philippians 4 8. It says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable, right and pure, lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. And everything you heard from me and saw, then the God of peace will be with you. You replace the wrong thoughts with the truth of the word. Learning the word of God for me has been and is and continues to be a a life changer. Because in every circumstance in my life that I've ever come up with, I'm 39 years old, and every circumstance has come up, it's in the word. Any answer I need, any peace that I need, guess where I find it? In the Word. Whenever I'm, I'm trying to figure something out and I go to prayer and then I will find a scripture or I'll find something that God is speaking to me about that confirms what he's doing. And there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing that's going to be a surprise. It's all in the, the Bible says that it's alive, it's active, it's sharp. It's moving. It's breathing. It's just like you and I. And yet we, we can think that it's outdated. We think that, oh, it's, that was written thousands of years ago, so it doesn't apply to my life today. No, I'm telling you these scriptures speak. And they speak life. This isn't just like a regular book. But get to know this book, Old Testament and New Testament. Because I'm telling you, the Old Testament is a shadowing of the New Testament. There's pro- the, these prophets would prophesy about Jesus coming before he ever came. It's powerful when you see the full picture. Amen. The things that God does and how he moved and how he would 
call out. And a lot of times you can read, man, God seems so mean because of all these. It's because he was frustrated with people because they weren't listening. <laughs> that was the main point. He would like call out to them, don't do this. And guess what they would do? Okay. And they would do the opposite thing. No wonder he was frustrated because they were dumb. So don't be dumb. Read the word. The word will bring you revelation and understanding and help form and shape you. Without the word, I would be lost, guys. I'd be lost. The word of God changed my life. There was a picture that my wife was talking about that I showed her and the kids. And it was a picture of when I was about 19, 20 years old. And I'm literally laying on my bed with my Bible and my notes open. And I fell asleep. So I remember just studying the word of God. And I still study the word of God. The other day I was reading scripture I haven't read in a long time out of Lamentations. If you don't know where that is, it is in the Bible. (laughs) But this scripture that was just talking to me about the young people. And it just was stirring, stirring life in me. I'm just telling you, there's just so much in there. And God is speaking, speaking, speaking. So I have a steady diet in the word of God to live a life full of victory. A die is about being aware of what you're putting in. So if you're unhappy with the results, it's time to change your diet. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the secret sauce of what you've done in my life. And the fact that I'm able to stand here and share with these amazing people and give you glory through it all. God, I'm, I'm aware that there might be people in here that don't know you that might be running from you. Maybe they're unhappy because they're they're not living out their life that you've called them to do. Maybe they're frustrated. And God, this, this morning, pray, Father, Holy Spirit, that you would move in this room or move online to those that are watching because maybe there's someone watching that needs to hear this word today that's been desperate, that's been crying out for an answer, that's been looking for hope and Lord, your word is life. And your word changes. So right now in this place, if you're online or in this room, and you're saying, Pastor TK, Pastor Tristan, I want to know Jesus like you know Jesus. I want him to change my life. If that's you, just raise your hand and we want to pray for you. Raise it up high. I see that hand awesome. Anybody else? And if you're online, I want you to raise your hand. I may not be able to see you, but God sees your heart. He sees you. I see that hand. Man, God wants to get a hold of you. Don't settle. Don't get comfortable. Just tell me there's more. God has, your, the vision God has for you is bigger than you. Remember that scripture that said he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think. Lord, for those that have their hands raised right now, either online or in this room, those who are ready to tell you, to ask you to come into their life, we pray this prayer. Say, pray pray this with me. Speak it with your mouth, but mean it with your heart. Everyone, let's agree with them. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Change my life. Thank you for all you have for me. I receive it. Show me my purpose, my destiny, and my calling. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. And God is moving in this place and in this house.
Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, event registration, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you.